You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine. They gon' cover the story, not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime, time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now, raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports, another edition. Call this the pop up episode, aka Peekaboo, to all my people. You know, I got my guy, Michael Matthew, man, here. You know, the PG himself. He'll introduce himself if you don't already know him. With that being said, as what you know, what the wrestlers say sometimes, hit my music. You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story, not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now, raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports, another edition. And here we are. I'm your host, Ron Jones, senior man. Luckily tonight, thanks to the news station, I had to cover a game. But trust me, you will see me on a lot of Fridays covering games, basketball, football. I actually got a big wrestling tournament tomorrow to cover, you know, high school wrestling um, down in the capital area. So it's going to be pretty cool to kind of watch that and cover that, play-by-play, et cetera, stuff like that. So that being said, Michael, introduce the people to who you are. Yo, what's up, man? Michael Matthew here out here in sunny California. It's not too sunny right now. Uh, it is kind of cold. It's like 40, 45 degrees. I guess that might not be cold to you guys, but to us, it's freezing. Uh, but you can find me, uh, Michael, the PG, Instagram, Twitter. Um, out here doing my thing, man. So, uh, yeah, man. But we're grinding, you know, out here and, you know, putting my best foot forward, baby. Man, no doubt, no doubt. Um, shout out to my guy, Ray Lynn, the man himself, NBA expert, NBA analyst. By the way, Ray Lynn, I, um, Raw thoughts. So, uh, you know, this is a live show, and I like to be raw. I want my show to be authentic. So, it's going to be some mistakes and some misscripts. But here we go. <laughs> um, If you want to join, the link is in your email, with that being said. But I understand if you're a busy man, because I know you're out there getting autographs, Raylene, and giving hugs, kissing babies, that type of thing. So, with that being said, um, the first topic of the day, Mike, Michael, is college playoffs. We're going to talk about college playoffs, and I want you to dive into is the Pac-12 right now better than the SEC? Here we go. By the way, I'm asking him this, people, because he's covered USC, 
the entire season, the football team. So he's been like they're live and proud and call CM on the field. So I think he knows what he's talking about. But here we go, Raw Thoughts. <laughs> so um man, Pac 12, SEC. I think this year at the top for sure, I would say that I think the Pac 12 uh had had a better season than the SEC. Of course, <coughs> Uh, Utah, who's a Pac-12 championship, took care of business. Uh, they were able to beat um, USC twice uh, by one point there in uh, Salt Lake City. And then, of course, uh, there's a tough game there in Vegas for USC. But then USC, UCLA, Oregon, I think the top half of the, um, of the divisions belong to the Pac-12. And I've been saying it all year long. I really think that at this point we have overrated the SEC. Uh, oh, wrong thoughts. Hold on, wait a minute. And, and the fire alarm uh, about to go off, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because I just honestly think when you look past the Alabama, uh, you look past Georgia. Um, I'm trying to think what other teams in the last few years has really been hot. Um, what LSU, of course. You think about when you think about those top three or four teams. That's it. Like the bottom of the of the conference is pretty pretty bad, and it kind of shows when you look at the numbers in the bowl games. Like last year, the SEC didn't perform the greatest uh, when it came to the bowl games, but they play each other. And because you have Alabama, who's been this this really great team for so many years, and now Georgia looks like they're that next team. I think that people have kind of overrated the SEC because of those those type of powers to where you look at other conferences from top to bottom, you know, they're really good. They don't have an Alabama. They don't have a Georgia. But from top to bottom, they're really good. But their teams are defeating the SEC in these, in these bowl games. So I think that the SEC gets a lot of the coverage. They get a lot of the looks. So that's why you hear so much of them. And here on the West Coast, we don't get as much love on the East Coast and things like that. So that's why you don't hear about some of these other teams that still perform, you know, pretty well. And I think at this point we have to look at SEC as what it is. If Alabama is starting to fall off to where maybe they won't be making the playoffs, who are we talking about other than Georgia? Um, that's going to be there. LSU, they're trying to get their footing right. But you have Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. What else? You know, where some of these conferences, I think, go five to six teams uh, deep. It's just there's only four teams that can make the playoffs. And because Alabama and Georgia has been there, that they get so much love to make you look at the entire SEC and say that's the best conference. So for me, um, I I agree. I mean, I I get what you're coming from. I'm going to give you two standards of it. You know, Stephen A is famous for giving you both sides without really giving you an uh, answer. He's always so vague, and that's what people understand. He's very vague to keep mm-hmm. yourself out of it, so you always create the argument. Yep. So if you say this side, or if you say that side, he's going to try to argue either one. So he's very vague and literal about his words. Um, For me, you know, I guess it's like consistency. Listen to what you said right there, and you were saying, like, Alabama, we all know. We think of SEC. We think of all of Alabama, right? Yeah. You know, then we think of LSU. Then we think of LSU is coming in rebuilding. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly is moving them guys up in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and Georgia's always been like, like good, good. So you think yeah. see in your mind, you're saying I don't think I'm thinking about is three teams that are consistently, consistency, consistently, consistently there. That's right. That's right. Raw thoughts, <laughs> raw thoughts. So, um, 
Georgia, LSU, Alabama. Without them, you saying like, what is the SEC? You know, this year I ain't gonna lie, Tennessee played pretty good this year. Yeah, I don't know who any other teams like. They really and the NIL deal, something like you were saying about USC earlier off air. I think Tennessee, knowing a person who's personally there who actually works for the who's a part of the alumni chapter, says like they have tons of money. If people want to come there, NIL wise, like Tennessee has that it. I didn't know, but he was breaking it all down to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Outside of that, you know, when I think of you, people on this side of the um the country think of SEC as physical, like can't be stopped. Defense going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ground and pound you, although the game has evolved to, like, passing and, you know, putting up points. Yep. And people over this side, this people on this side think of the Pac-12 as just everybody scoring on each other. Like, it's no defense. So like, dive into that again. Like, go go into that further with, with the. Pack. Yeah, I, and I think because of the offensive talent and the coaching on this side, a lot of West Coast offense that you're going to see a lot of points. But there are big time defensive players that comes, you know, from you know the Pac-12 and you know some of these conferences, the even the Big Twelve, um, who you know people don't talk about. Like, there's always going to be talent here on the West Coast and. As you look at USC this year, that's why they were able to have so many names. The defense wasn't the greatest, uh, but they got some guys there that with some defensive coaching, I think Lincoln Riley is going to make a change there, uh, or he should make a change there, that you're going to see some of that talent gets more love. Like I believe they had multiple All-Americans uh, make it mm-hmm. uh, from uh, USC on the defensive side. Uh, so there's, there's a bunch of talent here on the West Coast, and I think that it goes deep. Even a team like like Cal, um, that struggled this year because the rest of the Pac-12 was so good that if you maybe throw them in another conference that they win a few more games just because of, you know, they're playing against better schools, I feel, here. And I just think that, you know, the SEC gets all the pub. You have the big-name coaches there, Jimbo Fisher, um, you know, we have Nick Saban. You said Brian Kelly is there. Uh, I can't remember my guy there at Georgia, but uh, Kirby Smart. Oh, Smart. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is there. So you have those big names. But we're not talking about Florida uh, the same. You know, Tennessee just – it was a surprise that they played so well this year. You see the struggles at Mississippi State. Um, I just think that they're very top-heavy. And, man, Mississippi State took a tough loss. Yeah. I think think the SEC is very top-heavy which is top-notch, but when you look at top to bottom, I think that, you know, some of these other conferences competing are better, and you just, like I said earlier, you have to look at the bowl records, and the SEC didn't perform well in the last couple of years. They haven't performed well in the bowl games, but we look, the national champion comes from there, so the SEC is the best conference, where it's like, no, nah, like, some they just have to win maybe two or three games, and then they're going to run through everybody else to where, like, this year in the Pac-12, like, there was – it was tough playing Utah. You know, as you see, SC couldn't beat them. That UCLA game was a classic. Uh, you know, you go against a team – Kelly like, back, baby, in college. Yeah, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> it looks like he, yeah, it looks like he's back. You know, recruits are, are trying to run this way. Um, you see, that's why the Big Ten is like, damn it, we want to get UCLA and USC over here because we know what they can bring. So, I think that – the SEC is just overrated. Um, I think that the Big Ten and Pac-12 are two conferences that don't get enough respect. Uh, but, you know, you see that's why USC is not in the playoff because they had to go through 
a very tough Utah team. Um, and, you know, that's why we have the teams that are there now. So with that being said, and I, I'm going to love this podcast because I'm going to change this into like my my gift, the interview mode. And even though I have my raw thoughts, I put them in there when I need to. Mm. So you were saying something about the Big Ten wants, you know, UCLA and them guys. Do you think like that helps? Because the reason why I know it's NIL deals, but like, do you think these conferences that are like East Coast based and West Coast based need to like expand overall around the country? Or it's like, hey, you stick to the West Coast stuff and stick in the West Coast groups. The West Coast groups mm-hmm. and, you know, the East Coast stick in the East Coast groups, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I like man, I like when college is coastal. I think that, you know, it's great. But when that money talks, you know what I'm saying? You know, money, right. money, money, money. <laughs> you, know, you know, go back to the OJs. Money matters. And the Big Ten is throwing a big bag to UCLA and USC. Um, and, you know, you see the TV deal. The Big right. Ten has. I believe they're showing them on Fox. So it's like the Pac-12 don't really have a deal. So some of that, you know, come back, mm-hmm. come back to get you. Uh, so that's why they're, they're making that move. But I think the West Coast football is really good right now because of the NIL deals. Because now kids are like, hey, now I can go from the East Coast to the West Coast, live, go to the beaches, see beautiful women, go to Hollywood and do all of that. So that's why I think you see Big Ten going after USC and UCLA because they're like, man, we want we want that. You know, we want a part of that. And USC is going to be on a rise with football because of Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. UCLA uh, basketball is always is big time because they have the name, the history, and things like that. Now what Chip Kelly did with UCLA this year, mm-hmm. they can keep that going. That's another entity that's here. With football, then USC's basketball is improving. And, you know, UCLA and USC are always good with baseball and volleyball and all these softball and all these other sports. And I think the Big Ten is looking at how great these schools can be, especially in the, the realm of NIL, that they're like, hey, we got to go and get them. And that's why I see you. But I prefer it to be coastal. I love when, you know, the Rose Bowl will be weird if it's – Rose Bowl, USC versus Oregon, like, what? They're supposed to play during the season. But I guess, you know, once the time comes, we'll just have to adjust to it all uh, here on the West Coast. And and I like that. So, you know, you said something earlier about, um, you know, the playoff rankings and brackets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But now I'm going to go back to this quick question. You can make this simple and short. Yep. UCLA and them guys going into the Big Ten, let's say they do. And I know it's going to be an official thing eventually. Yep. Do you uh see them dethroning Ohio State? Ohio State has been a daddy's. Now, Michigan been playing some great ball lately. Yeah, Shout out to Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But do you see those teams going into that conference like saying, this our house now? The, the only adjustment is going to be going from L.A. and here on the West Coast to having to go and play in the mid- Midwest where it's much colder and things like that where you didn't really have to use – you mm-hmm. aren't really used to that going up to Oregon, Oregon State, uh, Washington, right. Washington State, things like that. So um, I think that's going to be the big adjustment. And when you got a guy like Lincoln Riley getting the recruits that he can get and players that want to go play for him at Oklahoma, now he's in Southern California. People are running to come play for him. And now if, if Chip Kelly can keep doing his thing at UCLA, you're starting to see a little bit more of that with the recruits. Uh, leaning towards that way. So I think that they have a chance just because they're going to get the players. They have the coaching. 
you get a talent like you know Caleb Wilson, <laughs> Heisman guy. Um, you know, so I think that USC can compete with anybody. They got the coach now. They're getting the players. Just imagine this was Ligarotti's first year. Uh-huh. He he wasn't really able to recruit. He wasn't able to really get all of the transport transfer uh, portal guys. So now he's going to really have this whole offseason for that to where I think that's why you're going to see an improved defense and things like that. Same with UCLA. Everybody saw, man, when they're doing big-time things, it's, it's jumping at UCLA. That Rose Bowl Stadium is going crazy. So if they can continue winning, they have a history of some big-time football that a lot of people are going to want to come play this way. We remember Pete Carroll. He was getting guys from New Jersey and Florida and all these different places right, right, right. because it's winning. And Ryan, you you telling me you don't want to come and live in L.A. if you can get some money? Hey, Roll thoughts. I ain't going to lie. Me and the wife already discussed it. If I got a chance to get to Hollywood, close <laughs> to my 49ers, I'm there. Man. I'm there on the way. But by the way, well, since you said that right then, Raylan, diehard Michigan guy, I already know like he's from Michigan and stuff. And Raylan, I'm not – you know, I, I love me some Jim Harbaugh. Thoughts. I love some Jim Harbaugh. He mm-hmm. was coach for the 49ers, and I don't want to be biased in that. So, you know, I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy. <laughs> when I was talking about D. Theron, and I'm thinking about teams in the Big Ten who's like won a big uh, a national championship. Ohio State has done that. I'm not I'm not questioning what Michigan doing right now because Jim Harbaugh got these boys rolling. Jim yeah. Harbaugh, Roth Thoughts, Ray Lynn, might not be there next year. If he mess around with his national championship, you might <laughs> see him back in the NFL because I feel like the 49ers did him dirty. He should have been fired in the first place. But, mm-hmm. uh, now, let's go to the playoffs. Since you were talking about Pac-12, SEC, now mm-hmm. they go to this 12-team lineup in the playoffs with a Pac-12 prove they are actually better than the SEC. I I think they have a chance because I, I can only imagine if – so if you had the 12-team playoff this year, you would have had Utah and USC uh, in the playoffs. I think one of those teams would have been able to make a run to possibly get to the uh, national championship. Um, you know, the only question would have been kind of been like on the defensive end, but they play enough defense to make some plays, but you're not going up against a Cameron rising. Um, you're not going up against a Caleb Williams. You're playing against different types of talent. And, and by the way, he's still folks. I mean, to interrupt him real quick. He's naming yeah. guys on the West coast. That's the purpose yeah. of this show is just let you know. It's a lot of talent on the West coast that we probably don't hear about. Cause we're on the East coast. But go ahead. Mike, my, my kid. Yeah. But like <laughs> man, Utah and USC has a lot of talent there. And it, it kind of sucked that, you know, USC lost because they would have been able to show the world like Lincoln Riley is doing his thing over here. So, yeah, I think they're, they would have been able to uh, compete. I even think UCLA, if things would have went right, would have been able to compete with some of these uh, SEC, Big 12, and um, Big 10 schools. It's just they had to go through Oregon. They had to go through Utah and uh, USC, and, and, it, and it's tough to do. So, you know, you got to figure it out, man. But I, I think that the Pac-12 can compete. Um. USC. What are your thoughts on USC before I get into this real, real, really, really hard? Um, interesting topic that Ray Lynn brought up right then. So I'm going to let you get your raw thoughts. And I hope Ray Lynn is chiming in when I bring this topic back up. Because this topic is going to mean a lot. So, uh, go ahead. How do you feel about USC? You covered them a lot this season. Although they didn't get past Utah. What was the 
the do's and don'ts for USC, as I should say? No, UFC, um, USC, the, the offensive line uh, is something that they have to get right. But like I said, it's Lincoln Riley's first year. He mm-hmm. put together whatever he could. He brought his quarterback with him, and he put together whatever he got. Jordan Addison had come from Pittsburgh. But he pretty much put whatever he could together to try to make a run, and they almost got there. But I think they're going to improve on the O-line. They're going to get some more weapons on the outside. Uh, you know, they're going to be able to – the offense is going to be okay. You know, you got Caleb returning. It's the defensive side where I think they're really going to look at the transfer portal, <coughs> things like that, to get guys to come and play. Um, you know, you got some top recruits looking at them on the defensive end. So I think that you're going to see more of a complete USC team um, next year because they know they have to be because you have UCLA and you're going to see what type of move they make at quarterback to, to, to stay relevant. You have Oregon who's uh, all but always competitive. You have Utah, who's well-coached, who I think have one of the most underrated coaches in Winningham and Willingham. And I think that, you know, USC realized, Lincoln Rodgers, I want to win the Pac-12 before I, we get up out of here. So I think you're going to see a team that's going to be around the top four to five all next year because they're led by, um, I like to call them Patrick Mahomes 2.0, um, or part two, and Caleb Williams. So USC's radar for a long time, as long as Lincoln Riley is there. And unless he's going to the NFL, I don't see why he would go anywhere else because Hollywood is showing him a lot of love over here. So with that being said, before I go to it, um, a word from my sponsor, Essential Collections by Monica Rick. So website is www.essential, S-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N dot square dot site. She has amazing products handmade by herself, bath products, lotion products, cream products, whatever you want to think about. Christmas is here. She got a special deal going on, 50% discount. You know, use the promo code RAWMIND, use the promo code RAWMIND. You might even get a m- more of a discount, 70% discount. That's right, 70% discount. Use the promo code RAWMIND, use the promo code RAWMIND. Monica Rich ships and delivers. If she has to ship to somebody like my guy, Michael, right here, she'll <laughs> ship it to Cali. She may yeah. not travel to Cali, but she can ship it. So either way, we're going to make it happen. With that being said, use the promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. And she got you squared away. So, I'm going to go back to this topic real quick. You've been talking about recruiting. You've been talking about L.A. You've been talking about all the things that people want to be in Hollywood. So here we go. My guy Ray Lynn, Ray J. Lynn says, mm-hmm. the new coach in the Pac-12 about to change everything. It's going to be wild. We talked about the transfer portal. We talked about how these guys want these NIL deals. We got a guy by the name of Dion Primetime. He stole my name because I'm Primetime. Sanders. <laughs> and he himself is about to change the game of Colorado. So with that being said, him coming to the Pac-12, are you worried about the recruits now? I think it's going to be different, man. Just because him going to Jackson State, he was like he made them that like the big big guy on campus, you know, because it was him. He had nobody else to really compete with him when it came to getting the recruits and things like that. So that's why he was able to pit, put together the best teams that he could possibly put together. Because who else were you going to go to when it comes to the HBCUs to where it made it cool for you to go there because Prime was there? But it's going to be a way different ball game now. One, he's at Colorado, 
So if you've never been to Colorado, it is not Los Angeles, California. Uh, you know, it's not even the Bay Area. So he's going to be competing with the Lincoln Rileys, the Chip Kellys, and things like that. So I don't think it's going to be as smooth of a transition because it's going to be – that's going to be thrown into it, the uh, proximity where you can stay, and then who you're competing with. Like, I would be shocked if Colorado comes out and they're dominating anytime soon because you have Lincoln Riley there trying to put his foot footprint on the West Coast. Um, you know, you have Chip Kelly. You have Oregon. Utah is is there in the Pac-12 doing their thing. Like, I don't see who Colorado – is going to jump. Are they going to get recruits? Are they going to be improved? Yes. But if you have a chance to go to, to Nike University at Oregon, I'm, you're going to go to Nike University. You know, where NIL deals, if you're that guy, you can leave. You can get to campus and be a Nike athlete already. You know, and then you have Southern California with UCLA and USC. I just don't think it's going to be as easy of a transition for him as he did at Jackson State because – they were they were Alabama because of his name and the recruits he started to get there. A guy like but you saying that they don't mean that in the Pac twelve. Him don't mean being Alabama over there don't mean nothing here yeah. in the Pac twelve because it's still fair game. People yeah. want to be in Cali no matter what your name is. It don't matter just because your name is Primetime Deion Sanders. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah, because if if Prime was in the SEC, say if he was at what um, mm -hmm. Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't put them over Alabama and Georgia and LSU. It's going to come down to because now you're, it's a tougher battle for these recruits because these people got track records. Lincoln Roddy got track records of getting guys to the pros. Utah has track records. Oregon has track records. Uh, UCLA even has good track records of getting guys to the pros and playing top-notch football. Colorado comes um, like maybe they might even be after Cal Berkeley, you know, University of Cal. So I don't see them jumping any of those top four schools there on the West Coast to where now he's going to have to – it's going to really come down to Coach Prime instead of just Prime showing up and recruiting. Can he coach and lead Colorado to victories over these schools? Because if they could come and win 10 games consistently, then guys are like, hey, I want to go play there because it's winning football. People went to Jackson State because it was winning football. They were clearly the best school and team when it came to college football for HBCUs. But now at Colorado, it's not the same. So even though they got this amazing facility and a lot of avenues, although they have not been winning, I think they might have won one or two games this season. Yeah, they so It don't matter because Dion coming there, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take some real coaching because now he's not showing up. So you play. say Dion don't know how to coach. You're saying he's just playing off his name? No, I'm just saying that he gets a lot of where he gets a lot of top-notch recruits to where the talent was clear. It was a big difference between Jackson State and Grambling State when they played on the field. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like our prime is just he just out-coached everybody. It's like mm -hmm. he's showing up with way better talent. They're going to win. It's like a Alabama versus who is the bottom of the SEC this year? You know, it's like USC versus, versus Washington State. It's like you're going to dominate Washington State because you're get, they're getting the leftover guys, which weren't good enough to go to USC. Jackson State was getting those guys. They were getting the top guys that were the leftovers so the other HBCUs can grab. Now when he goes to Colorado, it's, it's not going to be that. 
Now he's going to have to try to steal prospects and he's going to have to scrape and get three star players. And now it's going to become to coaching and coaching these guys up and winning games before guys say, you know what, I'm going to go play at Colorado because why would I go from Colorado who was unranked and things like that? Why go to USC who was a game away from playing in the biggest games in college football? So do you think that Deion Sanders is making a mistake or he's doing the right thing for him? Because you're saying, like, even coming here, it's fair game. It ain't going to be just no, I'm going to walk in the room and they just going to fall in my lap in Colorado mm-hmm. with Deion. So you think he's making a mistake? For I don't think he's making a mistake. He saw a new challenge. So he's like, hey, I want to take this challenge and uh, I want to make this move. Of course, they're going to pay him much more because it's a bigger university, uh, you know, Colorado. Um, and like the facilities are much better. A lot of things are much better. He talked about it today in his presser. Um, you know, the improvements, but I, for me, when I heard he was going to Colorado, I was like, wow, like I would have thought he would have left for a much better job than Colorado, you know, but you know, say if it was UCLA, you could have got, or I could see if he would have left for a Florida state, Florida, because those are much bigger name. Uh, mm-hmm. the programs, but for him to pick Colorado, I was kind of like, wow, you're going to the team that as long as UCLA, USC is there in the Pac-12, you're probably the, what, fifth or sixth best school that prospects are going to be able to choose from. Um, so, in that way, I think it's a mistake because now if you add some losing, say in Colorado, he has bad three years because he's not getting as many prospects as he thought, because they're going to these other schools now, mm. you do you change the outlook of Prime for maybe his next job? Next job to say, oh man, he can't coach at a big time school. He did Jackson State Oof. because he had the advantage because of his name and things like that. But, but his name don't matter at the big boy league. Is yeah, what you're trying to say? Because if if I'm a prospect and USC <laughs> is coming to me, USC has. It's Southern California. They have more of a football history. They have a lot of guys in the pros. Like, why would I go to Colorado over? Like, you're going to have to really pitch to me why I should be choosing your school. And it ain't good enough just to say prime because USC can send Marcus Allen to, to your school. They can send all these different these different legends that, that you're going to see where Colorado is just prime. But well, that's it on that, that topic. And by the way, again, Essential Collections. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Her website is www.essentialcollections. S, hmm, excuse me. E-S-C-E-N-T-U-A-L. S-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N. Dot square dot site. Use the promo code RawMind. Use the promo code RawMind. And she is giving an amazing, that's right, an amazing Christmas discount for gift bags and gift baskets. And using the promo code RawMind might get you 70% off. That's right, 70% off if you use the promo code RawMind. So, mm-hmm. now to the NFL. Um, <clears throat> he started rubbing his hand. So, we, now we had the NFL right here. I want to make sure I got it, got it correct. So, an interesting topic here. Um, who is the most underrated coach to you in the NFL right now? Man, the most underrated coach to me, um, I'm going to go Sean McDermott. Uh, I think that you hear so much Josh Allen, Josh Allen. I think that McDermott does a good job 
of uh, putting him in, in spots to win. You know, first of all, he's given him a really good defense um, every year to uh, for him to work to work with to where that, that gives him the advantage over, you know, say a Patrick Mahomes who's playing with a defense who always usually in the 20s are higher to where McDermott is giving you a, a top, you know, 10 to 15 defense to where, you know, Josh Allen can can be him. He can play a little bit the way that he does. But I, I think that we kind of underrate uh, what he's doing over there in Buffalo and what he has done. We remember what Buffalo was. I remember the days of J.P. Lossman and all these other terrible quarterbacks and just teams that they threw out there. But since McDermott got there, he was able to be a part of the de uh, development of Josh Allen to be able to build a good defense around them. And now, you know, the different weapons that – now every year Buffalo is going to be a contender not just because of Josh Allen but because of what McDermott has done there. I think that he is a very – I think he's probably the most underrated um, coach when it comes to the NFL. When you said Sean McDermott, it brought brought back ties to where I'm going at. Um don't say Shanahan, man. He ain't under. No, 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 man. No, no, no. Not different. <laughs> I'm not going to be biased here. I'm not going to different say that. He's not underrated. That man Shanahan no, no, not at all. He's amazing. He's amazing. But uh, I got a guy for you. I'm going to leave it simple and short. Um, and it's crazy because I just realized this today. Mm. But it's amazing why he had a job for so long. Because of what he does, probably behind the scenes. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say he's underrated. Okay. Right here first, people. I'm going to say it's underrated. It ain't going to matter because they play us next week, but I'm going to say he's underrated. Riverboat Run is underrated. Riverboat Run has literally not sold nobody to come to Carolina Panthers when he was there. He drafted well, and he was smart. Defensively, he always had good defenses to, like, be where they need to be at. Now, have they been, like, Overcoming and going to Super Bowl year in year out, no. But he has always put a team together that's always going to be willing to fight with what he has. You know, what's that, Ron, he, Ron Rivera, right? Yeah, I call it Riverboat Run, but Ron oh, Rivera, okay. that's correct, that's correct, that's correct. <laughs> so they fired him. Then he goes to DC. He has cancer. He's not only fighting on the field; he's fighting for his life off the field. Mm -hmm. Riverboat Run is out here fighting. I'm looking at this Washington Commanders team who went one and four. And out of nowhere, bam! These suckers, they, get, they on a winning streak. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying they on a winning streak with a quarterback. They don't even know who their quarterback is. And I'm pretty sure they're going to draft a quarterback. They don't get a quarterback. So, you know, Carson Wentz wasn't even the fact that now they got Heineke. Mm -hmm. So, defensively, he has built another team. Like, he didn't Carolina. He drafted well with a defensive team. And, and Washington, he has drafted a really good team. Yep. To defend things, so for me to see him even playing well now, would they do anything? I'm not saying they're going to Super Bowl, no. But I'm saying like with him, with Riverboat Run, you got job security because Riverboat Run was in Carolina. He always had a really good defense. Quarterback scenario was not there. Maybe he brings somebody in to like handle the offense. But now you have him in Washington, and this team is playing well. Like Riverboat Run is a Cali guy from Cali. My cousin mm -hmm. went to California with him. Excuse me, went to the high school. In California, that he went to, I think Riverboat Run was a quarterback in. But Riverboat Run knows how to get the best out of the players that he has. And he drafts well, and that's what it is. I mean, he don't sell a lot to bring you to the team because the teams he has not in huge markets. So mm -hmm. 
you take what you got. So, like, for me, I've been looking at it. I'm like, man, wow, Riverwood Run is really, even with all the shenanigans with Daniel Snyder, mm-hmm. his cancer that he's fighting and still fighting on the field, like, to even have that mental focus, to still have your team ready to play week in and week out, week out, that's a whole different focus, man. Like, you can't – I had a podcast on high school football the other day that mm. says you can't teach coaching. Yeah. That is so true. It got to be in you. Like, you can't teach coaching. You can't send nobody to school to coach. Mm-hmm. It has to be in you naturally. The universe gives everybody their, their God-given talent. So, like, you have a – everybody has their own natural gift, and you have mm-hmm. to be able to use it. Yeah. So, to see him still playing at this level, I'm not saying Super Bowl – but he got these guys still contending in the NFC East. Yeah. Literally got these guys contending in the NFC East, and he's a defensive coordinator. But you go ahead. It's something you want to chime in. No, I just think that Ron, man, he um, – well, I think everything that he has been through has kind of helped him that make these players want to – they, like, players want to play hard for him. Right. I want to ball out for this guy because he's a fighter. He went through what he did through, what could have taken his life, has taken a lot of people's life, which is cancer. And he still wanted to be here to work right. for us to make sure we put out the best product. So I think that he is one of those guys that, you know, because he hasn't won a Super Bowl, he doesn't get the respect that he probably uh, deserves. Um, and like you said, like he has that team fighting after starting uh, one and four to where it looks like, you know, they have a chance. I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, they have another matchup with the Giants uh, this Sunday night, Niners. Uh, Cleveland and Dallas. They Who got, you got winning? Who you got winning between Giants and them and then the Niners? It's it. Oh, I I think they can go one and three. I think they go. Who? Um, Who after the Niners? No, I'm talking about Washington. I think they go one. You and say three. They go one and three in this right here. So who is after them? So they got Giants. You said so. You Giants, got I, Giants. Giants is W. You saying? I think that they. The Giants game is a toss-up, but if they were to lose Sunday night, I can understand that. Um, then you got Niners. I think you guys take care of business there. Um, then you have Cleveland, who's still going to be playing and playing hard because, you know, Deshaun is back. So they're trying to get some some chemistry and stuff going. Yeah, his and chemistry I think is that, off, off, like science and biology, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think that they, I think Cleveland finds a way to win with Nick Chubb and those guys. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to be playing for a lot of people's fantasy championships. So, like, you have that. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys, who I think at the end of the year are going to be playing uh, either for seeding. It matters what they do against Philly. They can beat Philly. The Cowboys may be playing that game because they're like, hey, we got a chance to win the division if things go right. If not, then they can win. So I can see them going one and three, two and two to finish the season. Um, and you know, that might get them out of the playoffs with like Seattle, but Seattle is falling apart, so they still might make it in. It just won't look good for them in the playoffs. But Ron Rivera has done an amazing job, and if they can get a quarterback over there in Washington, man, they can be tough. And speaking of quarterbacks, because you said something about quarterbacks, we're gonna go to a next to the next topic. It's about quarterbacks, okay? Where would these quarterbacks be next season? I'm gonna name three, okay? Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G. We'll start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, um, I think he might be at home. I think that is just oh, he going to the door. Like he he going to 
We can't hang with Giselle right now because they're divorced. But go ahead. (laughs) Now he might get more into his date life and get all of that going once again because it just it went. It's going terribly bad this year um, with Tampa Bay. But they're going to get a home game, so that's the only thing that might make him want to come back because he realized this this division is bad. So I got a chance because so you don't think the Panthers with Steve Wilkes right now, which he was unjustifiably fired in Arizona. He got yeah. these boys playing with scraps nah, real yeah. good. Yeah, they playing real good. But I think Tom Brady's finally going to retire. He's just he just has nothing else to prove. He has nothing else to prove, and I think that he's going to finally say, you know what? Maybe maybe I do need to just sit back and sit down. So I think that's what happens to Tom. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, I think he's going to be back in Green Bay. I just think that Green Bay has paid this man that contract. Um, they see that there's something there with Christian Watson. And I know that they have to feel like, hey, maybe this is our down year. We come back next year and really see what, what we can do if we can put everything together on the defensive end and try to make one last run. And from there, you figure out um, if Jordan Love is still there or going to get a new quarterback. But I think he's going to be back in Green Bay just because he's, <coughs> he's controlling that team over there. Like They don't have an owner. For people who don't know out there, they don't have an owner. They're no, owner. they don't. Thank you. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Like <laughs> the community of Green Bay, so there's not that owner to say, "Hey, this is my team. You need to be quiet." And because right. they had an owner, they probably lucky hey, situation. Yeah, like it looks like we're not going to play playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, we need we gonna have you sit down. We need to see what we got in Jordan Love because we need to know if we this is our future or not. You know, but because without that, I think that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of control, so he will be back there. Um, and you said Jimmy G. Now Jimmy G is tough. Because he's not going to be a 49er. That's going to be for Brock Purdy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And that's going to be for Purdy and for Trey Lance. Those are going to be the two guys. He made me hit the mic. But go ahead. Fighting. Those are going to be the two guys fighting for that job over there. Um, but Jimmy G, man, could it happen for him? Can he be the guy that replaces Tom Brady and go to Tampa Bay with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Fournette and things like that. They want to go mm. to a guy that gives you Tom Brady-like things. So Tampa Bay could be a place that looks at him if Tom Brady uh, walks away. So uh, Jimmy G is going to have some options, but it's not going to be as many as he like because clearly it showed that the system that he's in with Brock Purdy playing the way that he is. But I think that Jimmy has enough wins. He has a name that I think a team like uh, Tampa Bay will look at him in a division that's going to be, you know, open for the next couple years. So for me, I'm going to go here. Raw thoughts, people. Yeah, yeah, you better get my raw thoughts real quick. <laughs> the guys we just named, Tom Brady and Raw Jimmy G. Let's start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a type of guy who's stubborn. And I'm going to say raw thoughts. This raw thoughts here. So you better get raw thoughts. <laughs> Michael, my guy, told you a few things, but I'm going to give you some raw thoughts. Tom Brady not trying to retire because he didn't he didn't put himself in the hole now with his <laughs> wife. He didn't got divorced. So he wants to win. He should have retired when he got that championship with Tampa Bay and left off in the sunset. He's mm-hmm. still gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He still is the all-time winningest Super Bowl QB there is. I don't even know why he's playing. It's either he being greedy or let's just be real. And I'm about to go real raw thoughts. Tom Brady really not ready for the afterlife of football. And I'm saying it like, he don't want to be the type that's taking the kids to school, sitting home, chilling. I think, but with Tom Brady's 
um, resume, he probably could have been a coach and analyst. This guy has $375 million, if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. As a broadcaster. And I know it's seasonal. It's not like the everyday practice prep game. Yeah. He still has money out there. So it can't be about the money. Mm-hmm. Clearly it ain't about the money. He's got 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. $375 million, Like, Yeah. Like, he, you think, he like, okay. So my thing is, Tom Brady is in love with on the field play. It's mm-hmm. not about off the field play because mm-hmm. he still has money for him off the field. He's not ready to be. I'm not saying he's he probably is not. You hear me, Mike? Chat. You hear me? I don't know what happened there. Man, I'm sorry. Can, can I hear you, bro. Back here? I hear you now. Yeah. It's not about on the field play with um Tom Brady. It's well, it's basically he wants to play on the field. He has a wife who recently divorced. I don't know if it's a dad thing. He has a lot of money left for him off the field, but still mm-hmm. in the game. I just think Tom Brady just wants to be great. And what he does and still playing football, which mm. he comes to an end. I don't think he's ready for the afterlife because he's again, he's gonna be a first ballot all Hall of Famer, seven time Super Bowl champion. Should left in. I think Tom's just not ready for that. So that's mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I just don't know if, if Tom is like you said, like that on field in camaraderie being with the guys and all that like he's so in love with that that yeah I just don't know if he wants to leave it I think this year may I think because of how bad Tampa Bay's offensive line has been and these hits and all yeah. of that like, I think that might be something that might make wake him up but like you may be right he might be like damn it I need to play um and I wonder what team you because there's a team if he does oh, but, but, but that's all gonna go ahead go ahead go ahead can, can you hear me yeah, I hear you now. Yep. All right, so look. So this is my thing because he doesn't want to leave. It's only one team he wants to go to. He doesn't have to take too many hits. He doesn't have to make break a sweat. And I'm not trying to be biased to San Francisco 49ers. If he leaves Tampa Bay this season. But the thing is, this is the next part. Do the San Francisco 49ers want Tom Brady? <laughs> if they get rid of Jimmy G, he might be the pick. And trust me, those kids – I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will say, Tom Brady's here. I know we didn't talk y'all a lot, but let's wait a year out because we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has a chance to deal with young, youthly guys who are extremely playmakers. When you think about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel healthy, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and it's a that's what Stephen A would say, his favorite word. A plethora of running backs who can run behind that backfield. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who in the backfield. He has a chance to eat. Oh, he's not mobile. But the thing that Tom Brady has done for years as a seven-time Super Bowl champion, Kyle Shanahan and him together, he has great awareness of who's open on the field. You putting Tom Brady in a Kyle Shanahan offense with people who are so open that Jimmy G, honestly, can't find an open man. Trey Lance is still young. He's still whipped behind the ears. And that's why they drafted him early. But Brock Purdy is legit. But it's like, do you bring in Tom Brady for this one year to win the Super Bowl? 
and hurt the confidence of those those guys. And that's, right, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that you can't sacrifice that. And the big picture is this: they did all of that for Trey Lance because you see where the NFL is headed. Patrick Mahomes, right. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Dak, Jalen Hurts. Guys who can not only throw the ball, but who are very athletic. Right, right. Gives the defense another challenge. Now you got RPOs with Christian McCaffrey. You got RPOs with Debo Samuel. Then you got a guy who can just drop back if he can pass well enough. That can that you have to focus on him running, which makes it tougher. So having Tom Brady back there, especially at this point of his career, he's a big stiff. So you're going to know yeah. where he's at. You're going to know how to get to him. And then next year, he's going to be a year older. Um, so, you know, eventually age is really going to show with him. And you're kind of seeing some of it uh, this year. But I think that – I love Brock Purdy, too. He's playing great football. But I just think that you have to give Trey Lance that job. You traded so much for him. And he gives you that – That unless Brock Purdy go and win the Super Bowl, then everything changes. Oh, that's that's another part I'm gonna talk about real quick. So, yeah. like, that's my whole thing as a 49ers fan. Like, Trey Lance is still young. He didn't even do the things. I, I agree. He hasn't even done things Brock Purdy has done, even though he was hurt. Mm. Brock Purdy's awareness of finding the open man is better than Jimmy G's and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is more of a run first guy because he's young, so he's still learning the game. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy played four years at Iowa State. He could have got recruited by Alabama, so that shows you how good he really is. His ability to find an open man is insane. But he was Mr. Irrelevant, which was a super steal. I don't know why he sat on the board that long. Because he, if you look at his numbers and his stats at Iowa State, I'm still trying to figure out how he set up that so long. He played in the Big 12. He played against good competition. I know a guy told me the other day his senior year was terrible. Not terrible, but wasn't that good. But because of the playmaking, the people around him, it comes with recruits. Oh, yeah. So, He's like, his – yeah, yeah, so when you look at his first three years, you're like, oh, wow. But you put him in an office like this with these guys right here, like he's different. Like, I'm going to tell you now, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl with the 49ers, it's playability. There's no way you can go back and say how much star Trey Lance. No way. Yeah, I and I'm going to tell you what, you, you'll keep those two guys, and I will say for Kyle Shanahan, for PR purposes, you'll say, we're just going to go in the offseason and compete for who can we get the star lineup, which yeah. is good. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're both on rookie contracts. Yeah, super cheap, and you don't have to pay Jimmy G. Now mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to um Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo problem is not about his play on the f- well. Jimmy Garoppolo is not really like yet yet like like proven outside the the uh, New Orleans game. He can win games with his arm. Um, Jimmy G is a good veteran. He's a good leader. He's behind Tom Brady for years, so he understands leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is raw thoughts for the fans who love Jimmy G. Jimmy G stay hurt. That's why a lot of teams didn't. Yeah. That's why a lot of teams didn't pick him up last offseason. Mm-hmm. He was out there available on the market, but every single owner and coach in the NFL was like, "Can Jimmy G stay healthy? Getting mm-hmm. Jimmy G paying him the money he wants because when you look at his record, his value is high. When he's a winner. Injury rate. Yeah, it's like, but we gonna take this risk though. We may give him fifty million. I'm just giving throwing a number out there like fifty million. Yeah. We'll get the, we gonna give him 50 million, but we don't know if he's gonna be healthy. What yeah. happens? Bam! Jimmy G is hurt again <laughs> and getting paid and was getting paid at the time. So teams are worried about his injury rate. Every year, 
Jimmy G has been on this roster with the 49ers, even though he's won. He has been hurt. That's a huge risk for owners to pay money to because they're betting all their chips and you being healthy and you being available. That's the difference between him and Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Brady is always available. It's when you yeah. was out. But Tom Brady is always available. And that's the scary part about people. So Jimmy G market still could be low because teams are scared. He may be hurt again. And Jimmy G, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's the money or not, but Jimmy G also is going to be very smart in what team he picks. Jimmy G probably going to pick a team that has a really, 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 really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And he's not just going to go to any team. San Francisco has provided a great offensive line, and he still got hurt. Yeah. If Jimmy G goes somewhere without an offensive line, it's going to really be ugly, and he's going to be yeah. paid. So my thoughts with Jimmy G was like New York teams. Jets over here fumbling with the quarterbacks. New York, he's a perfect guy. You know, raw thoughts, everybody thinks he's amazing, uh, a good-looking guy. That's what these yeah. guys think. So he fits the mold of New York. He can handle New York pressure. Mm-hmm. He's good. Women going to like him. But he just fits the market for New York. But mm-hmm. can they win at all? No. Because Jimmy J ain't built like that. So I know that. So I'm I'm just going to stop there. Right now with the 49ers, with the situation right now, the 49ers have got lucky. I'm telling you this first on this podcast. Anybody who's listening to the podcast, you get hearing it here first. The 49ers mm-hmm. have really got lucky to able to, to be able. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl this year with his team, Jimmy G is going to want this team back next year off of personal issues because he's going to say, I can win the Super Bowl too. He's not going to just jump and rant and leave with another team who really don't have Super Bowl aspirations. The 49ers defense is probably number one in the league. Yeah. They're not, you're not going to Kansas City. You're not nowhere near um, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So that, that Andy Reid is a, an extremely excellent offense coordinator and I'm going to excuse me, an excellent, excellent nose guy. So you're yeah. not going there. So now the next thing for Jimmy G is for him to keep making money. He got to go where the system fits him. Giants, um, Jets, no. Um, Washington football team can probably play some decent defense. He got some yeah. boys to play with. Mm-hmm. But you still got to compete with Philly. You still got to compete with Dallas. Boy, not saying yeah. they're going to work, so you still got a competitive edge. So for him to go there, is it's a no. Anywhere else, that's it. So Jimmy G... Could probably be in San Francisco, but at a low cost. So now I'm gonna go to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Hey, hey, for Jimmy G, can I throw out another team that could possibly be a surprise? A team that may need a quarterback and a coach that's like, I just need some solid quarterback play and I can win. Um, you know, New England. What if Bill Belichick? Yeah, is like, hey, Bill a winner. You know, um, Bill will take him easily, yeah. easily. I can run it back with him. We go get him enough weapons. We run the ball. We play some really good defense. And, you know, Jimmy made it to a Super Bowl. So, uh, I think that's a team to look out for, too. I'm going to tell you a team that I really thought, but they didn't got rid of everything, was the Carolina Panthers. Jimmy Not G in well. a manageable offense like that with the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers, if they got rid of everybody. They did keep the foundation of players that they wanted. Yeah. You know, but it's still not enough to do it. Yeah, they're they um, they going to rebuild. Pretty much. Um. Now, I'm going to go to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to go to Aaron Rodgers. Mommy, I love you. Mom, I love you so much. Because you are a diehard Packers fan. And I know what Michael said earlier. That they don't have an owner. And you do a vest. And you make some good money. I'm waiting for my Christmas present too, Mom. So, you know, with that being said, you invest into the Packers. Other, you have some stock into the Packers. Not only are you a fan, you have stock into them. Mm. 
So, you know, you get it. Um, Aaron Rodgers could go somewhere for a year, but it's 24 million. But the next thing is, how you get him off the books? He has control in the Green Bay Packers organization because, like you said, Michael, they don't mm-hmm. have an owner. If an owner was there, they're like, nah, we ain't trying to hit Packers. Aaron Rodgers and his agency or his team management team knows that. So that's why they do what they do. Aaron Rodgers is going to go down as probably one of the richest NFL quarterbacks ever to live mm-hmm. an amazing life when it comes to riches and finances. But is he going to win the Super Bowl in Green Bay? No, he's not. And he's really trying to – this is what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do. He's literally trying to do this. Raw thoughts, people. You ready? Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is trying to get the bag and still get the bag and take the bag with him and win the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers ain't just thinking about the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers thinking about taking the bag <laughs> but he didn't create it and taking it elsewhere with him to win the Super Bowl. A lot of teams are like, man, we're not paying it. Yeah. But his level of play is still high if you put him with a good team. It's still yeah. there. Yeah. But it's still like the team knows that if they do that, and Aaron Rodgers is in a in a tight pickle, like in the middle, because Green Bay not giving him up for nothing. Green Bay, so wherever team he goes to, let's say if he went to the 49ers. Two first rounds. Matt, Matt, right. And not only that, check this out. Matt LaFleur is going to say, um, and I want some of that defense. So mm-hmm. now you take a part of that defense to take the Green Bay with them. So yep. you, yeah, you get your elite quarterback. And that's why I said what people don't understand about the San Francisco 49ers is that, you know, no matter what you say about QB play, the 49ers mm-hmm. got everything around them. But the 49ers and John Lynch also know, like, Am I willing to get rid of anything on my defense or offense? No, they're not. They're, they're like, look, we'll figure a way to let Kyle Shanahan plug and play with the QB because we give up the QB, we got to give up the form on some some special players for San Francisco. It's like, look, we good. <laughs> and that's really the huge problem. Yeah. Like, I know quarterbacks, you want, you want a quarterback elite to play, but at the same time, you don't want to give up just anything. The 49 defense is elite. If the 49ers give it Aaron Rodgers, get Aaron Rodgers, they will give us some on defense or somewhere in some some space. Somebody extremely important. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that's the huge deal. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid. Aaron Rodgers is going to sit there and chill. But Aaron Rodgers also know people, teams, he knows himself, teams need me. So I ain't going to mm-hmm. budge. But that's why Aaron Rodgers is going to probably be in Green Bay the rest of his career. If he can mm-hmm. get a 24 minute, let's say 40 San Francisco, get a chance at him. They'll pay them $24 million, but the next thing is San Francisco trying to come off them books because like, next year is tough for San Francisco. So it'll be hard for San Francisco to get Aaron Rodgers because guess who they got to pay? I'm going to ask you this quick question before we, before we go to NBA. Okay. Um, they got to find a way. He he was very genuine. This is this is, this is like, like super amazing to me. Nick Bosa opted in in his fifth year on his rookie contract. Mm. So they can make sure they can pay Debo this season. Yeah. Because he looked at it unselfishly. So now, the season that Nick Bosa having, he going to need a big right. bag. Correct. That's my whole point. So <laughs> now, you got a whole problem with the best defensive end in football, probably. And now you got to pay this man. So I'm going to so, let you chime in on that. So, so when, that's why when we talked about quarterbacks, that's why I don't think they make a move for Rodgers or Brady mm-hmm. because you want that quarterback on that rookie deal so that you can pay all these other things around so you could try to get you a Super Bowl like the Chiefs did. The Chiefs were able right. to steal them one with Patrick still on his rookie contract. 
because you were able to go build up a defense that was like top 15, top 20, which all he needed was to win. And then you had, you were paying Tyreek, you were paying Travis Kelsey, you were paying Sammy Watkins to where the game was easier. But you can only do that when your quarterback is on a rookie contract. But once you have to pay him, you see the Chiefs now, now you have to piece up different parts of your team and hope that he can pull them up over the top. Um, so that's why I think the Niners, they're like, we got to pay Bosa. Like, this dude is just as important as a quarterback. And we see with a Jimmy Garoppolo, we can make it to a Super Bowl. And a, a couple plays go our way, we win the Super Bowl. So we can be okay with a Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. We can be okay with a Trey Lance, who I believe you guys have three more years that you can have with him under a rookie contract. Let's go with that and see if they can just give us enough to where, you know, we get to a Super Bowl. <clears throat> Let's see what happens. But if you go and pay Tom Brady 20-plus million, you go and oh, pay that's what I'm about to say. Why are you saying that? So I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop you. I don't want to interrupt, but stop you right yeah. there. So you think in your mind, with this team, and elite as it is, and all they missing is a quarterback, mm-hmm. you think Tom Brady would want $20 million? If not, you don't think Tom Brady would take a rookie contract just to be with these guys? Because I'm pretty sure he's making a lot of doors elsewhere. And yeah. this is home for him because he lived yeah. in San Fran. Only thing I, was, I would say about that is kind of like the issue with LaFleur and, and Green Bay. Do mm-hmm. you want this veteran guy to come in who kind of like, I run it this way. This is how I want it ran. So with a young quarterback right, and with right, a guy right. like Jimmy G, Shanahan is like, this is my ship, you know? Like, right, 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 right. We got a Super Bowl winner. We trying to get there. I done coach a team to the Super Bowl. I done been an offensive coordinator on the Super Bowl team. So I know what it takes. The, the young quarterbacks are more willing to listen to where the offense can look exactly like how Shanahan wanted. You get Brady in there, I want to run it like this. You get Aaron Rodgers in there, I want to do it like this. That's why you hear right. rumblings in Green Bay that some of them are kind of like LaFleur wants <coughs> to move on because with Jordan Love, this young guy is going to follow my every script because right, he's right, quarterback. Right. And I'm the guy that's running this offense. But with a Rodgers or Brady, whatever they say, a lot of guys are going to lean towards that because right. these are veteran MVP guys, legendary guys. So that's why I think – I don't even know if Shanahan wants to deal with that. When he had Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was trying to make, still trying to make a name, and he was helping Matt Ryan get an MVP. He got Jimmy Grappolo trying to make a name um, and got him to the Super Bowl. So I think Shanahan would prefer to have a young guy that's going to follow his script instead of having to deal with an ego of a guy who might say, ah, oh, this is not working for me. Let's run it like this, and that takes away your coaching power. So, with that being said, I'm glad you said that because I ended up forgetting one QB on this list in the topics, raw thoughts. Dead car. His name was up big today. They were saying like he could opt out and it could be good for both parties. Mm-hmm. So, do you think Dead Carr is not in Las Vegas next year? Yeah, I think that after this year, you went and got him his best friend, the best wide receiver in the game. And it didn't work out. I think that, right. yeah, I think they, they need to start new. I think that's that's a team that should be looking at uh, Rodgers and, you know, Grappolo and, like, these different guys because it's just their college is not the quarterback. Maybe he needs to go somewhere new uh, to see something different, and maybe it can work. Um, you know, maybe a team like the Giants, um, you know, if they say that Daniel Jones is not enough, we need a guy who can really sling it. 
maybe they give Carr a chance. But if I'm the Las Vegas Raiders, I think that the Derek Carr experiment is is done, and you have you have went as far as you can. What more do you need? You came into the season with right. Josh Jacobs, who was on a tear because he's trying to get paid and playing amazing football. You had Renfro. You had Darren Waller, one of the top three to five tight ends in the league. And you add a guy who arguably is the best wide receiver. And you still can't win games. And a lot of it wasn't the defense. A lot of it was turnovers by your quarterback that's put you in tough spots. So if I'm the Raiders, yeah, I'm looking elsewhere uh, to a quarterback, which might lead to Devontae might be like, I want to be on the move again. Because my he guy got a lot is, of money, he can't move like that. He didn't got his money. Nah, so. Yeah, and that, thoughts, like I'm saying, like on my level, like raw thoughts, you got a lot of money. So yeah. Joe Pay, your contract, I'm assumingly, and I know he logically, he's not giving up his money. So mm. when teams take that, they got to take on that contract. But yeah. the question is, are you willing to give up all that money, or give up all that, or cut that contract, or renegotiate that contract to go to a good team? I don't know if Devontae wanted because he was in a perfect spot. Yeah, Green Bay. And even though they didn't pay him right, and mm-hmm. even though it took so long to pay him, but Matt Lafleur did him a favor and sent him away to like, hey, I'm gonna make sure you get your bread. Yeah, but would he be willing to give all that up to go play with somebody? Because he was in the him and Aaron Rodgers were perfect. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, and and I think that I think that he just moved prematurely. I think that he he should have waited one more year, mm-hmm. and Green Bay was gonna finally they finally were gonna draft some pieces around. Devontae to add to help that I think Green Bay would have came in and been one of those tough teams. Definitely in the NFC that looks, I know the Eagles are playing amazing, but until they win in the playoffs, I don't know if I 100% trust them as a true favorite that, you know, I think he might have moved too early, but he's not going to give up no money. I believe he's in his 30s, his early 30s, so he's not going to give up no no money, but he still could, could see, you know, if the Raiders go into, you know what, man, we just have to rebuild. We tried it. It didn't work. He might be willing to to be traded to the right team. But right now, it looks like he's going to be stuck with the Raiders. And maybe him being that guy there might keep Derek Carr around. But if I'm over there and I'm the Raiders, man, I I have to move on. For McDaniels, I have to go and get a quarterback. Jimmy G might be a guy that comes from that Patriot way. And he might say, this guy fits the offense that I want to run and this is where I want to go. And maybe Devontae might say, all right, this is who I'm playing with. And he's going to be able to get it to me, Renfro and Waller. Uh, let's figure this out. Yeah, and that'd be interesting. But only thing about Jimmy G, he don't like throw outside. He's more of a inside guy. Devontae Adams could be outside wherever. Yeah, he can play inside. Devontae Adams better be ready to um get the ball inside with Jimmy G. So that could happen. Um, yeah, with Waller. So mm-hmm. that, that does make sense. All right, one more question. It's off of NBA. And shout out to Essential Collections. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Her website is www.essentialcollections.square.site. 50 to 70% discount if you use the promo code RAWMIND. 50 to 70% discount if you use the promo code RAWMIND. Essentialcollections.site.square.site. Go ahead. Yeah, y'all better take advantage. 50, 70% during Christmas time. Gotta mm-hmm. take advantage of them deals. Cause she already told me she's Santa Claus. She's Santa <laughs> Claus right now. So with that being said, we're gonna go to the NBA. We're gonna wrap this up because we're a little bit over time. Um the Lakers are moving in the right direction. 
Everybody beginning the season. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Some of us, you talk from an LA perspective because you're in the area. Yep. Are the Lakers going to be legit when it comes to playoff time? They got to get in first, which I think that they can and they will. Uh, I think that they can make a, a nice run. They have to go and get some shooting. Uh, so that's why you're hearing Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, second round pick being thrown out there to go and add some shooting in to maybe get like a Bogdanovich from Detroit. But with Anthony Davis looking back like that top five guy, you still have LeBron who is still showing that he can give you some LeBron moments and be a very good top 10 to 15 player in this league. Russ is looking like the sixth man of the year. Um, they found his his role and stuff off the bench. Austin Reeves, they're getting a lot. Darwin Ham got these guys playing defense. It's just they need some more shooting. They need some guys that are going to open the court and floor even more for Russ when he's in the game, even more for AD, um, you know, when things get tough inside. They just need some shooting. And I think mm -hmm. that if they can go and add a nice piece, a nice shooter or two to go with LeBron, AD, and Russ. As long as AD is healthy and LeBron is healthy, that I think that not only can they get into the playoffs and be one of those teams like six, seven, or eight, um, but they can be a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs going in healthy because it's LeBron, it's a healthy AD, it's Russ, uh, Darwin Ham who's going to coach them hard where you're going to have to try to beat them four times, and I think they will be a tough out for anybody if they can get into the playoffs healthy with the right pieces around their, their big three. So I, I got a question. Um, so you're saying like with everybody, AD, LeBron, and Russ. So no trading Russ right now at this moment? No, nah, I don't think you – first of all, you don't trade Russ because he's he's found his role with the team and is working. And then that's $47 million that's coming off the books at the end of the season. So if it doesn't work out, you're going to get a lot of cap space to where you can add another big-time piece or some more pieces around AD and LeBron, which is needed. Because because look, if you look at the West, the West isn't like – you can't name that just one dominant team that's going to be taking over. Mm -hmm. Like In the East, I think you have that with, with Boston, with Tatum and Brown. Like they finally got over the hump, made the finals. With Giannis – in Milwaukee, they're going to be there at the top. And then you even look at Embiid and Harden, see what they can do, see if Kevin Durant and Kyrie and the Nets can make something happen. But on the West, like the Warriors, it looks like last season, they just was like peak, and we were able to get that finals, and it's like it don't it don't look the same. You know, they don't have the depth anymore. Um, I know you have Ja and Memphis there, but you got to see them do it. Um, you know, you have the Suns, you have uh, Luka and Dallas, like – it's going to be very open next year still if you have a top five Anthony Davis with him performing like that still. And LeBron is still LeBron-like that with this open cap space that you can go and add some, some nice pieces around that team that they can be one of the better teams in the Western Conference next year because of Darwin Ham and his coaching and what they can have on that team. So I don't think that you trade Russ at all. You kind of let him play this out see what happens, and then you get the cap space. Unless you can get the perfect deal. If you can get a deal, Washington is like, hey, we want to get Bradley Bill out of here. You know, you can do something with Russ being a part of that, getting a Bradley Bill. 
Yes, you do it, but other than that, man, you just play it out. You trade none, you trade Beverly and the draft pick to get, you know, a piece or two and just go from there. Man, 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 man. <laughs> They muted you again, man. Somebody's sabotaging you. <laughs> it must be it must be a Seahawks fan, man, trying to mess with you. You 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 guys embarrassed them last night. They're like, man, we got we're gonna gotta make it tough for our guy because we know Ryan was was jumping up and down at his house. We're gonna sabotage him. <laughs> so you already get it, man. So with that being said, you know, Michael Matthew brought the dimes, the gems. I'm not gonna necessarily say the raw thoughts, but he brought a lot. So I appreciate him coming on the show and giving us his insight on things. So raw thoughts. Plug yourself in, Mike Michael. Yeah, man, Michael Matthew. Uh, you guys can find me on social media, Facebook. Uh, as you can see my name there. Uh, you can check me out on my show, uh, Arrowhead Allies, man. Me and my guys. There is Starcade Media. We talk Chiefs, so you're a Chiefs fan. NFL football, we talk that. Boo. Um, uh, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for the Super Bowl, Niner fans. Check me out on uh, the breaks. Uh, there, I'm doing my thing. My every Tuesday, you can check me out at uh, noon, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out noon, and just all the things I'm doing. Michael, the PG. That's M Y K E L L T H E. PG, you can check me out on Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and the, the grind is real. Of course, TGN Radio, TGN Productions, uh, TGN Sports. Uh, you know, we, we grinding out here, man. With that being said, that's for all mine. Sports for all thoughts. For all mine is out. Shout out. Oh, before we go out, for all mine sports on all podcast platforms. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Raw Mind Sports, Raw Mind Sports, Raw Mind Sports, find it wherever it's at. That's all. Raw thoughts. Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition.